Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 116 of the Money Love Podcast. All right, y'all, we are talking about debt today, which I know is a lot of y'all's favorite topic. I mean, it is, but it isn't, right? You're like, I don't love debt, but I love to talk about it. And I love to hear other people talk about it and just get other people's thoughts on it. So this episode has been titled Debt Detriments. You guys know I love to just come up with like catchy names for things. We love the alliteration. Of course, you know that. But what I want to talk about in this episode today are certain things that I see a lot either with myself when I was going through my debt payoff journey and with you guys as well. I hate to use the word mistakes, but let's just say things that I see happening on your debt payoff journey that are to your detriment. It could be a mindset. It could be something to do with your emotions towards your debt, or it could be something very tactical. But they are things that you do that are keeping you in debt longer. They make the debt payoff process just feel worse. It doesn't feel good. And it just makes the ultimate goal of becoming debt-free that much harder. And so what I've done is I've really kind of broken this down like I like to do in the categories of the model. And there's nine things. I really thought super hard to try to come up with a 10th, but you know what? We got nine. I know nine is kind of an awkward number, but I have nine debt detriments that I'm going to be walking you through in this episode and walking you through in the order of the model. Now, this is important before I jump in. For those of you who are in debt, I know that's not all of you, but I do know it's a lot of you. For those of you that are in debt, I want you, after you are done listening to this episode, to go sign up for a completely free workshop that I am offering on Wednesday, September 27th, which as of the date that this episode is dropping is tomorrow night. It's going to be on Zoom. It's the type of Zoom where no one can see you. Okay. So it's not like you're going to get on and people are going to be able to see you. It's on Zoom, but you're only going to be able to see me. But we are going to come together on Wednesday night, September 27th at 8 p.m. Central. And I am titling this workshop Unburdened. Okay. Because I am going to be giving you the mental, the emotional, but also the tactical tools of how to unburden yourself from your debt, all without having to actually get out of debt, right? Like, of course, I'm going to be teaching you, okay, this is how we get out of debt, but I want you to become completely unburdened from your debt, even while you're still in debt, trying to get it paid off because that is the real game changer. So the link to save your spot for that, you can find it in a couple of places. One, you can find it in the show notes of this episode. So if you're on your phone, just kind of like scroll up and you'll be able to access the show notes and find the link there. You can also go to either my Instagram or my TikTok, which is at overcoming underscore overspending. The links in my bio this week are to register for that. Or you can simply just go to a browser and type in pagepritchard.com forward slash unburdened. P-A-I-G-E-P-R-I-T-C-H-A-R-D, woo, 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 (laughs) dot com forward slash unburdened. 
Over a thousand of you have already registered. And again, if you're listening to this on Tuesday or even Wednesday early, like I know a lot of you guys do. Now, if you missed it, that's okay. If you are listening to this episode a couple of days after this is aired and you're like, oh gosh, I missed it. Don't worry. I will have the replay available even after the fact. For those of you who want to watch the replay, you just got to tell me that you want the replay. So again, if you missed it and you want to watch it, go to my Instagram or TikTok, click on the link, and you should see a button to access the unburdened replay. Now I am doing this workshop because drumroll in the month of October, Inside the Overcoming Overspending membership, we are focusing on the topic of debt. Every single month, we go into a month and we have an area of money that we focus on that we really dive deep into during that month. We have a challenge. I bring in guest speakers. And so for the month of October, debt is going to be our topic. So if you're already in the membership, surprise, you get this announcement early. And if you're not in the membership, come join us, y'all. Your first month in the membership, I say, is kind of like your trial. Your first 30 days, you have a full money back guarantee, which basically means you can come into the membership. And within your first 30 days, if you hate it, if you don't like it, if you're like, I don't want to be here, you can request a full refund. And then after your first 30 days, you can just cancel at any time. So you can come and stay as long as you want. Or even if you just want to come for the month of October and just try it out, go ahead and join us at overcomingoverspending.com. Again, I will link that in the show notes, but that one's pretty easy. It's spelled just like it sounds, overcomingoverspending.com. We are going to have a debt challenge. We're going to have several calls on debt. So if you are really looking to kind of supercharge the progress that you're making on your debt, you are definitely going to want to make sure to join us inside the membership for the month of October. And the workshop that I'm doing on Wednesday night will kind of get us started on that. Make sure that you do both. Register and then come join us in the membership. All right. Now, let's get into it. The nine debt detriments that I want to walk you through. Some of these I'm going to explain pretty quickly because there's nine and I don't want this episode to be three hours long. But let's just go ahead and start with the first one. Like I said, I'm going to be walking us through the model, the CTFAR. And I'm going to be going pretty much through every line of the model because all nine of these, really except for one, fall into one of the components of the model. So let's start with the circumstance line. Remember, things that are circumstances of the world, if we are working a model, things that we would consider to be a circumstance are things that are black and white, things that could be proven in a court of law things that every single human being on earth could look at and agree upon to say, yes, that is true. That is factual. With debt, this is probably the thing that people have the hardest part with, with money and the model is debt. Because debt always goes into the circumstance line of the model. And what that means and what that tells us is that debt is neutral. It's neutral, y'all. That is neutral. This is going to be the hardest one. Without a doubt, this is going to be the toughest one. I'm just hitting you right between the eyes with it, right out of the gate to get your mind wrapped around. But debt is not good or bad. Debt has no meaning until we assign it meaning. And so the first detriment that a lot of you have is believing and living into the notion that your debt is moral rather than it being neutral. 
So when I say moral, like here's the actual definition of what moral means. Moral means concerned with the principles of right and wrong behavior and the goodness or badness of human character. That's the definition of moral. And a lot of you guys very closely attach the amount of debt that you have, or even if you have any debt at all, to your morality. And typically what we see is that the more debt that you have, the worse of a person you are. (laughs) You are less worthy. You are less important. You are a bad person. You are wrong for being in debt. And this is one of the most detrimental things that you can do. Because when you do not see debt as something that is neutral, that has absolutely no meaning, that's not good, that's not bad, it's just there. It's just the black and white circumstance of your financial reality. It completely changes the game. So when you can understand, and again, I'm not saying that you're going to make this switch overnight because this one is very, very ingrained. It certainly took me a bit to get my mind wrapped around this one. But when you can get to a point where you realize that your debt says nothing about you, it is not attached to your worthiness. It does not control how good or how bad of a person you are. Your debt will become so much lighter. It will not be as heavy. It will not be as burdensome. It will not feel like this giant rock you are carrying around on your back when you can simply just release it and let it go and say, listen, my debt is neutral. I am a good person. I am a worthy person. I am a lovable person. And my debt cannot touch any of that. When you can get yourself to that point, your debt payoff journey will be a drastically different experience than if you are making your debt moral. Now, in this episode, I'm going to be giving you guys some questions, and I'm going to be listing all of these questions in the show notes. Again, go to the show notes, and you can just take a screenshot of these on your phone. But I think that with your debt, journaling is actually a really powerful way, again, to release some of the weight and the burden of your debt. So I actually have three really good questions for you here on this first one that you can journal If you're not a journaler, maybe just sit down and just give some conscious thought to these questions. The first question with this one is, what am I making my debt mean about me and my inherent worthiness? Answer that. The next question is, I love this one, what are three things that I love about myself that have absolutely nothing to do with my debt? I love that because again, it just reminds you of your inherent worthiness and your inherent lovability. And it also reminds you that your debt cannot touch that in any way. The third question is, this is another good one. If my debt disappeared tomorrow, what would be the exact same about me? What would also be the exact same about my life? My debt disappeared tomorrow. What would be the same about me? And what would be the same about my life? Okay. So that's the first one. Debt detriment number one is making your debt moral instead of neutral. Now we're moving into the T line of our model. We're moving into the thought line. So these next two are really mindsets that I see a lot within you guys about your debt. To be honest, I had these two. The second one is being in what I call the screw it mindset. I see this mindset a lot in those of you who 
have gotten to a place with your debt where you almost feel hopeless. You feel like you're never going to get out of it. You feel like it's never ending and you cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. And when you get to that point, a lot of people enter into what I call the screw it mindset, which sounds a lot like screw it. It doesn't matter. What's the point? I'm never going to get this debt paid off anyways. I'm never going to get out of it. So I might as well just spend the money and I might as well just buy what I want because what's another you know, $300 when I'm already $5,000 in credit card debt? That's what I call the screw it mindset. Now, when we get ourselves into the screw it mindset, it's almost like this very apathetic attitude towards our debt. And when we make those choices in the moment to be like, it doesn't matter. I'm already so deep. What's another couple hundred dollars? The problem with the screw it mindset that at least I see is that it typically isn't just happening one time. Okay. If you get yourself into the screw it mindset and it happens once or twice or even a couple of times and you catch yourself and you can see what's going on and then you can snap yourself out of it, great. But what I find is that most of the time, the screw it mindset is a mindset that we assume and then we live into for a really, really long time. So when we live in the screw it mindset, the debt starts to snowball and compound in the way that we don't want it snowballing and compounding. It starts getting deeper and deeper and deeper because you're constantly in this state of, well, what's a little bit more? What's a little bit more? What's a little bit more? But a little bit more time and time again turns into a lot more. And that's how you get yourself to the point where you're $5,000 in credit card debt and then you blink and then it's 10 and then it's 15 and then it's 20. And then before you know it, the debt really has gotten to a point where it is so out of control that you're just like, I don't even know how I'm going to dig myself out of it. So what we have to do with the screw it mindset is we have to really catch ourselves when we are getting into that mindset. When your brain wants to tell you, it doesn't matter. Just spend the money. Just get the thing. Just get the dopamine hit. Just seek the pleasure. Don't make the discipline choice here. Don't make the hard decision. When we find our brain trying to give us those permission giving thoughts around our debt, those are the moments that we have to draw a line in the sand. Sometimes I say like, we got to stop the bleeding at some point, right? We have to get to a point where we're like, no more, no more. This cannot go any deeper. It does matter because by making this one choice today, not to keep putting more stuff on my credit card and by making the choice not to go deeper into debt, that is the choice that I have to make to get everything turned around and heading in the right direction. So That's debt detriment number two of being in the screw it mindset. Debt detriment number three is also a mindset, would also go into the thought line because it's not understanding that there are options available to you with how you are going to view your debt that will shape the entire experience of your debt payoff journey. Now, this one's kind of closely related to number one. But I feel like with debt, with the narrative that gets pushed out of like debt is evil, it's bad, again, it's so attached to our morality, that when it comes to the mindset around our debt and the thoughts that we want to think about our debt, we almost think that we don't have a choice. We almost think like, I have no other option but to think these awful thoughts about my debt and these awful thoughts about myself as someone who's in debt. Now, This one boils down to being in either emotional childhood or emotional adulthood. This is a concept I've talked about a couple of times 
But emotional childhood is when we associate how we feel to the circumstances of our lives. We basically don't acknowledge that it's our thoughts that create the way that we feel. That's being in emotional childhood. And when it comes to debt, a lot of people are in emotional childhood with their debt because they feel all of these awful, terrible things about their debt. They feel stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, guilty, shameful about their debt. And they think, oh, it's the debt's fault. I feel this way. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not the debt's fault. Because remember, the debt is neutral. What's creating your emotional experience around your debt is the way that you are thinking about your debt. And so that's debt detriment number three is like not realizing that, not realizing that you are actually in control of how your debt payoff journey is going to feel by how you intentionally choose to think about your debt and also to think about yourself in relation to your debt and knowing that there is another path, there is another way. And I'm not saying you have to choose the other path or you have to choose the other way, but I am saying just the acknowledgement that it is available to you. I use this analogy all the time. So I'm sorry for those of you who have heard me say this a million times, but it's the equivalent of like wanting to lose weight and hating your body skinny. I'm like, yeah, you can do it if you wanna. If you wanna hate your body skinny because you think that's gonna be effective for you, knock yourself out, but it's gonna feel terrible on the way there. And even when you lose the weight, you're still going to feel terrible because you hated your body all the way there. And the way that you treat yourself when you arrive is going to be how you've treated yourself the entire time. I tell you all this, it's not like you're just going to wake up once you've lost the weight or once you've paid off the debt with an entirely new brain. You're still going to be thinking all the same negative, toxic thoughts. And that's why I always encourage you, hey, why not use this debt payoff journey? Why not use this time to cultivate a healthier mindset around yourself and around your debt? If we have to be on this journey, why don't we make it an enjoyable one? And just knowing that it is an option to you, it is available to you, knowing that you have permission to do that is mind-blowing to a lot of people that I talk to and that I work with. And listen, sometimes I'll tell this to people and people will still tell me like, yeah, I hear you, but I don't care. Like I I really do just want to go the route where I'm just going to feel awful the entire time. And they're dead serious because they're like, I think that that would just be more motivating to me. And I'm like, okay. I mean, that's fine, right? Like to each his own. This is your experience. This is your path and journey and you get to do it how you want to. But all I'm saying is, is have the recognition at a bare minimum that there is another way and there is another option available to you. Two questions that I have for you on this one, two good questions that you can either journal or give some thought to. The first one is why does my debt feel so heavy? What are the primary emotions that come up for me around my debt And what beliefs around my debt are creating those emotions? Again, I love this question because it reminds you, oh, my thoughts, my beliefs are creating the emotions I feel around my debt. It's not actually the debt itself. So it's, why does my debt feel heavy? What are the primary emotions that come up around my debt? And what beliefs around my debt are creating those emotions? That's honestly kind of like three questions in one, but you know, whatever. (laughs) You're welcome. Bonus. The second question is, How can I make my debt payoff journey feel more calm, feel more light, and feel more enjoyable? How can I make my debt payoff journey feel more calm, light, and enjoyable? All right, so that's the third. Now we're moving into the feeling line of the model for the next two. Debt detriment number four 
is delaying how you want to feel until your debt is paid off. This kind of plays into the one we just talked about, so I won't belabor this point. But the message that I see a lot with debt is that when you are in debt, it's almost like you don't deserve to be happy. You don't deserve to feel good. You don't deserve to feel the way that you want to feel until you're debt-free because I think a lot of people think that that's motivating to people. And I think that it's motivating to some, but I think to most people, that message is to our detriment because we start to believe that not only do we not deserve to have access to certain emotions on our debt payoff journey, but we are incapable of having access to those emotions during our debt payoff journey. Because again, we're an emotional childhood. We think, oh, the way that I feel comes from my debt, not realizing, oh, the way that I feel about my debt comes from the way that I think about my debt. And I can think anything I want about my debt at any point in time, whether the debt is still here or whether it's not still here. But I don't want you delaying your happiness until you are debt free. I don't want you depriving yourself of feeling the way that you want to feel or that you are deserving of feeling until the debt is gone. Because the way you feel on the way there more than likely is going to be the way that you feel once you arrive. I also think that this one really plays into the arrival fallacy I know a couple of weeks ago, we did an episode on the arrival fallacy. I think it's episode 110 and you guys loved this, but people so often fall into the arrival fallacy with debt specifically when it comes into money. I hear so often like, oh my gosh, once I get my debt paid off, it's going to fix all of my problems. I'm finally going to get to feel the way that I want to feel. I'm finally going to get to be happy or successful or feel secure once the debt is gone. And then the debt gets paid off. And it's like, womp, womp, like you do not feel the way that you think that you are going to feel. There is this initial period of excitement, I guess, but that actually wears off very, very quickly. That happened to me. I've shared that personal experience with my debt. That was my experience with debt. And it left me feeling very disappointed and honestly, very confused because I thought that getting out of debt was going to be like the ticket to life fulfillment and happiness. And it definitely was not because we're all human beings living a 50-50 life. I've heard this from a lot of you. And as I was thinking about this, this story came to mind that I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this. I haven't thought about this in forever. But probably like five years ago, when everybody started to go on Instagram The debt-free community was created on Instagram, which was basically all of these people creating Instagram accounts who are trying to get out of debt and they would document their debt payoff journey. There was one Instagram account that was probably like, I would say in the debt-free community, probably like top five accounts. Everybody knew this couple. Their handle was debt-free in sunny CA, debt-free in sunny California. And they lived in San Diego And they had like 160, maybe like $170,000 worth of debt that they were trying to get out of. And they documented it all on Instagram. And it got to the point where they were like so close to getting their debt paid off. And I remember it was like a huge deal. Everybody on Instagram knew like, oh my God, today's the day. Today's the day that Debt Free and Sunny CA is paying off their debt. They lived in San Diego. I remember at the time they even had like a local news crew that like came to their house 
and was like filming them as they literally logged in and made their final debt payment. I mean, it was a huge deal. They grew a huge following throughout this whole process, right? And I remember this so distinctly because they got their debt paid off and it was like this huge celebration. And everybody was so happy and so excited for them. And you could tell that they were happy and they were excited, of course, right? But then I remember like a couple of months later, they just like fell off the face of the earth and they stopped posting on Instagram and no one knew where they were and no one could find them. And I remember probably like three or four months after they got their debt paid off, she came back, the girl, the wife and the couple, and she was just like, uh, so the last three or four months have been interesting. She was like, I basically throughout this two to three year process have thought that getting out of debt was going to be the end all be all for us. And it was going to be the ticket to finally being happy. And turns out I'm not any happier now being debt free than I was with my debt. And that has been kind of soul crushing to me because in the last three years, I've placed all my eggs in the, oh my God, get your debt paid off. It's the end all be all. And now we're here and I don't feel any better and I don't feel happy. And it's very disappointing and it's very confusing. And I just don't know what to make of it. And I remember seeing that post that she made and just being like, oh my gosh, first of all, I felt the same way. I know a lot of you have expressed that, but again, it's just the arrival fallacy. It just perfectly speaks to this one of do not delay the way that you want to feel until your debt is paid off because your debt getting paid off is not a guarantee of some emotional experience that you feel is waiting for you on the other side. Any emotional experience is available to you at any point in time, regardless of your circumstances. Okay. I know I kind of, I said I wasn't going to talk a long time about that one and uh, here we are. Hello. Do you know me or do you know me? Okay. Debt detriment number five, do not spiral in the shame of your debt. Please, I beg of you, do not spiral in the shame of your debt. Shame is one of those emotions that I think is just going to come. I see shame a lot in those of you who have credit card debt and you bought things that maybe you used once and never again, or you couldn't return, or there are things that just never really added a lot of value into your life. I see shame in a lot of you who have student loan debt for degrees that you're not necessarily using. Shame is one of those emotions that's so visceral. And so I'm not here to tell you how to solve for your shame around your debt, because I honestly think that for a lot of us, it's just going to happen. It's just going to come. And I actually don't think it's a good use of our time or energy to try to like solve for the shame, to try to get to a point where we can just avoid the shame altogether. But what I will say is that when the shame comes, because most likely it will, we all have a choice of what we're going to do with that shame. We all have a choice of, am I going to indulge in this? Am I going to spiral into the debt and go deeper and deeper and deeper? Or Am I going to acknowledge the debt? Am I going to process it? Am I going to feel it so that it can move on and out of me and it can dissipate, right? The episode that we did two weeks ago of feel harder, suffer less. The more that you can feel your shame and not spiral into it or not indulge in it, the less you will ultimately suffer when it comes to any shame that you feel around your debt. Shame is an emotion that I think we've all been told is productive into changing or getting what we want. I'm going to shame myself into change. But shame is actually one of the most unproductive emotions that I've seen with myself and with all of you because 
from what I've seen, all it does is keep us stuck. When we're in shame, we hide, we avoid, and go deeper towards the problem instead of actually going towards the solution to the problem. So please do not spiral in the shame of your debt. And another good episode that I did on this, it's in the 70s. I should have looked it up before I started recording, but it's called the spending shame cycle. If you're someone who's experiencing a lot of shame around your debt, I encourage you to go listen to that episode. Again, it'll be in the 70s. It's called the spending shame cycle. But a good question here for your shame is this. Why am I choosing to unnecessarily punish myself for my debt? What am I thinking that that will solve? And how is it not productive to being debt-free? So that's the fifth, debt detriment. Now we're going to move into the action line. Okay, I actually have three in the action line. So debt detriment number six is being in avoidance mode with your debt and not knowing your numbers. This is called the, I think it's called the ostrich syndrome, which is basically kind of the equivalent of sticking your head in the sand, basically just pretending like your debt doesn't exist or hoping and praying that one day just like a pile of money is going to fall out of the sky, maybe from like a tax return or a bonus at work, or maybe a dead relative is just going to like fall out of the sky, smack you in the head and just be like, oh, great. Well, now I have what I need to pay off my debt. And so there becomes this level of just total and complete avoidance with our debt. We don't look at it. We don't want to know the reality of the situation. But in most cases, okay, I'm not saying those things never happen because they do. But in most cases, there isn't going to be a pile of money that's on its way to save you. And in most cases, avoidance of your debt is only going to make the problem worse. Are we seeing a theme here, right? It just makes it worse. It just digs you deeper. It doesn't actually solve the problem. So please do not be in avoidance with your debt. And listen, I get it. It is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable to know the intimate details, to know the ins and outs of your debt, because it's almost kind of like when you start to dig into the numbers and when you start to know the ins and outs of your debt, it becomes real. When we don't have to look at it, when we're not logging in and we don't have to look at the accounts or we're not looking at the statements, it's almost like it doesn't exist. It's not real. And if it doesn't exist and it's not real, we don't have to do anything about it. We don't have to do the hard work of A, coming up with an action plan to deal with it and B, actually doing the hard work of executing that action plan. So yes, I understand that in theory, it seems much easier just to avoid and to pretend like it doesn't exist. But all that's going to do is compound the problem because eventually you are going to have to face the music. Eventually you are going to have to wrap your arms around the situation and get a pulse on what's going on. And the best time to do that is right now before it gets any worse than it is today. So I'm really big on knowing your numbers, knowing your numbers around your debt here are the numbers that you should always be able to know about your debt. And I don't mean know in terms of just being able to like regurgitate them off the top of your head, but know in terms of like, do you have this documented anywhere? If I were to ask you for these numbers, is there anywhere that you could find these numbers relatively quickly other than just being like, um, I don't know, I have no idea. So one, you should know the total amount of debt that you have. You should know your total amount of debt, and you should also know how much debt you have across all of the different debt accounts. So how much credit card debt do you have? 
How much car loans do you have? How much personal loans do you have? How much student loans do you have? If you have multiple credit cards, what are the balances across all of those individual credit cards, right? And then of course, the collective whole, the total across all of those accounts. So you should know the total and then the amount of debt across all of your debt accounts. You should know the minimum payments that you have to make every single month. You should know like, what's my monthly debt nut? When I go into a month, how much money is going out the door every single month simply just to meet my minimum obligations? And again, knowing that total, but also across all of the accounts. I also want you to know due dates. So when are all these payments due? Are they on automatic payments? Are they automatically all coming out? And if so, when? Because we want to make sure that we have the money in our accounts for that. The next number is if you are currently putting any extra amount towards your debt. And if you can do that, what is that amount? So we have the amount that's going to the minimums, but then is there any amount up and above that, maybe every single month or maybe every quarter that we are able to put extra towards the debt? And then I want you to have some sort of payoff strategy right? I call it having just like your lineup, right? Like in baseball, how they have a lineup batters one through nine. Here's the order. Here's the lineup. It's like having your debt lineup. Do you know, okay, this is the first loan I'm tackling. Then this loan, then this loan, then this loan. There's a lot of different methods. There's the snowball method. There's the avalanche method. There's the emotional method, right? There's a lot of different methods that I'm not going to dive into here, but it's like, do you know that? Do you have a plan for your debt? And lastly, do you know your debt-free date? Because when you know all of these things, right? Like when you know the total debt that you have and how much you're paying towards the debt and the method that you are using to pay off your debt, you should have a debt-free date. You should be able to say like, if I follow this plan and I execute this, I will be debt-free and have all of this debt paid off on this month and this year. I will tell you guys just a fantastic free resource for this. It's a website that I love. It's called Undebtit. I will link it in the show notes. You can create a free account. You go in, you enter in all of your debt information, you enter in balances, interest rates, minimum payments, all the information. And then what Undebtit will let you do is it will let you essentially come up with all of these numbers. So if you're like, I don't know any of these numbers, start with Undebtit. Undebtit will help you get all of this information all in one place. It's automated. It will also give you a debt payoff order across all of your loans. And you can even pick which method you want to do. You can be like, okay, well, what if I did the snowball method? If I did the snowball method of paying off my debt, smallest amount to largest amount, when would I be debt-free? And how much interest would I pay under that method? If I did the avalanche method of paying off my debt from highest interest to lowest interest, how much interest would I pay? And when would I be out of debt? Undebtit gives you all of that information. It's fantastic. Again, it's free. I will link it in the show notes. So if you're like, yeah definitely don't know any of those numbers. That's a great place to get those numbers. Okay. Debt detriment seven. I see this one a lot. Throwing random amounts and random piles of money at your debt each month. Now, when you do the sixth one that we just talked about, you shouldn't be doing this one either. So it's like number six, we'll solve for number seven. But I have to talk about this one because I see this all the time. This one is probably the trickiest one because it's very well-intentioned because I know that you're wanting to get out of debt, right? Like you were putting extra money towards your debt. The problem is, is that there's just no rhyme or reason to it. So you'll go into a month and you'll be like, okay, well, um, I think I have 500 extra dollars. 
I've got $500 in my checking account and I'm getting paid tomorrow. So why don't I just take that and just throw it towards this credit card? And then the next month it'll be like, well, I got, you know, $300 here. Why don't I just take that and throw it towards this credit card? And there's just, there's no rhyme or reason. It's very willy nilly. It's just kind of like, let me throw this here and let me throw that there. And the problem that I see with this, y'all, again, I know it's very well-intentioned, but the problem that I see with this is that it's very counterproductive because when you don't have a plan, when you don't have a strategy, when you don't have like, okay, this is the order, these are the amounts. And when that doesn't play into your money as a more holistic plan and a holistic whole, what I often see happens is that you actually put too much towards your debt. You put too much money towards your debt and then you realize, oh shoot, (laughs) I can't pay my water bill this month. I can't pay my cell phone bill this month because some of that $500 that I put towards my credit card, uh, some of that was actually supposed to go towards my water bill or some of that was actually supposed to go to pay my utilities. And so then what we have to do is we have to then put those things onto credit cards. So do you see what I'm saying? It's counterproductive. It's like taking two steps forward and one step back. And so when we're just throwing random piles of money at random loans and at random credit cards because it sounds nice or it feels good or whatever, I get it. And it's not bad. Trust me. I think it's great that you're doing that versus putting it elsewhere. But we've got to have a plan and we've got to have a strategy. Again, what we were talking about in number six. Okay. So if you're doing seven, do six and six will solve for seven. Okay, number eight, being short-sighted about your debt. I know this one is hard, you guys, because I know that, again, when you are in debt, you just want to be out of it. You just want to get it paid off. You're like, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of all of my money going towards debt payments every single month. I just want to get the debt paid off. But please do not be short-sighted on your debt payoff journey. Your debt payoff journey is going to be a small chapter in the overall book of your life. And I understand that when you're in the chapter, it feels like forever. But I promise you, once you get the debt paid off and once you get some space and separation from it, you will realize just how short of a time period it was in the overall scheme of life. And what I don't want you doing is making choices and making decisions that are going to be to the detriment of future you. The main thing that I see with this is foregoing saving for longer term you, saving for future you, just so that you can get your debt paid off a little bit faster. This is really big in the Dave Ramsey world because the way that his baby steps work is that you should not start saving for retirement until you are out of debt. And I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly disagree with that. Now, I've made a lot of mistakes in my debt payoff journey that I've talked about in this episode, but this is actually one that I did not make. And I'm so happy that I didn't. Because if I had foregone saving for future page for the five years that it took us to get out of debt, I've done the math before, and it is hundreds of thousands of dollars, you guys, hundreds of thousands of dollars that I would have foregone that future page would not have had access to because it just wouldn't have existed in the future, all to get out of debt maybe, maybe six months faster and maybe save myself a couple hundred dollars in interest over the long term. So all I'm saying is like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Please do not make decisions on your debt payoff journey that are only going to speed up your debt payoff process a couple of months, even a year or two. 
be saving for future you, especially, I want to say this, especially if you are young. And by young, I mean like 20s and 30s, because that is the most opportune time to be saving because you have the most time for it to grow. Like a dollar that a 22-year-old is saving is not the same dollar that a 42 or a 52-year-old is saving because of that extra 20 years that that dollar that the 22-year-old saved has to grow. So especially if you are younger, please do not get impatient. I know it stinks. I know you want to get out of debt, but future you will be so glad, so glad 40, 50 years down the road that you took that extra six months, maybe that extra year, even two or three years to get out of debt and paid maybe a couple hundred more dollars or even a couple more thousand dollars in interest because she will have so much more than that available to her because of that choice that you have made not to be short-sighted. Another journal question for this one before we move on to the last one is, what advice would my future self who is debt-free give me in this moment? What advice would my future self who is debt-free give me in this moment? Like if you could go and talk to the version of you years down the road, maybe 10, 20, 30 years down the road, who is debt-free, what do you think would be the advice that she would give to you in this moment right now? And I love this question too, because this can be from like a very tactical perspective, or it could also be from a more mental and emotional perspective. What advice, support, encouragement would that version of future you want to give you? All right. The ninth and final debt detriment is not figuring out what got you into debt in the first place and not using your debt payoff journey as an opportunity to grow and heal. You will not be the same person coming out of your debt payoff journey as you were going into it. At least that was true for me and I know for a lot of you. Now, going back to what I was saying earlier, I think that a lot of people use this experience as an opportunity to actually become a worse version of themselves. They come out being a shell of themselves. They come out being in massive, massive scarcity with money. They come out being sad, angry, grumpy, just kind of like disgruntled with the world. And I don't want that for you. I think that there is so much beauty and personal growth to be had on your debt payoff journey. So part of this is how can I use this opportunity to become a better version of myself? That's one of the questions I wrote down. What valuable lessons will paying off my debt teach me? And how will I become a better version of myself throughout this process? It's almost kind of like if we've got to go through the fire, like let's go through the fire, baby, <laughs> right? Like let's do it. If we're going to have to go through this, let's use it to be a better version of you coming out of it than you were going into it. That's one piece. But then the second piece of advice that I want to give you too is use this as an opportunity to dig deep, to really get to the root of like, okay, what was going on? Why did I get into debt in the first place? Now, for some of you guys, right, like student loans. I took out student loans when I was 18. I think it's crazy that we have 18-year-olds do that. So I'm not necessarily talking about that, right? It's like, well, I took out student loans because that's what I thought I was supposed to do and yada, yada, yada. More so with like credit card debt, personal loan debt, getting to the root of what is really driving and causing my overspending? What is the root behind my impulse shopping? What is the cause of my undisciplined behaviors around money? Why 
did I spend money that I knew that I didn't have? Or why did I spend money in a way that I knew wasn't in alignment with the type of person that I want to be? Really getting to the root of that, y'all, because a lot of people don't. And when we don't uncover that and then do the work to solve for it, you will get out of debt, but more than likely, you will find yourself going back into debt shortly after because you haven't actually addressed the root cause of the overspending and the impulse shopping and the undisciplined choices with your money. And so if you are somebody who's maybe gone through this loop a couple of times, like you've paid off the credit card debt and then it's gone back up and then you've paid it off and it's gone back up, or maybe you've racked up the credit card debt and then you consolidated it all in a personal loan and you were like, okay, I'm not going to spend anymore. I'm not going to do the credit cards anymore. I'm going to be good. But then that didn't happen. And you ran up the credit cards again, right? You've gone through this cycle a couple of times. This is you right? You have to get to the root of what is actually going on, either going to therapy, getting coaching, coming and joining my membership, talking to somebody, reading books, listening to podcasts, journaling, medit- like whatever you got to do, right? Like digging really, really deep to figure out like what is going on on a deep internal level that is creating this behavior. Because you guys know, I always say shopping is the symptom, Shopping isn't the problem. Shopping is really just how a deeper rooted issue is manifesting itself out in the real world. So you have to do that work or else you are just going to get on the debt hamster wheel of paying it off and then racking it up, paying it off, racking it up. All right, y'all. Those are the nine debt detriments that I had for you today. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you can tell. I just love talking about debt. I know it's not a topic that a lot of us, I don't know, maybe enjoy, but I don't know. It just, it lights me up to talk about it. I know that a lot of you guys are really, really struggling with this. And I hope that this episode has just been a source of motivation, inspiration, and encouragement to you. It would mean a ton to me if you would share this episode with those in your life who need to hear it. Also, if you want to share it on Instagram and tag me at overcoming underscore overspending. And lastly, do not forget to save your spot in the workshop happening tomorrow night, September 27th at 8 p.m. Central called Unburdened. And yes, the replay will be made available. So if you're like, Paige, I'm in a different time zone, or I just know I won't be able to attend live, still register and I will send you the replay after the fact. But I'm only going to send the replay to those who register who basically say that this is something that they want to see and consume. Not going to blast everyone with it. All right, y'all. I love you. All the links for everything can be found in the show notes. I will see you in next week's episode. Have a fantastic week. I love you all. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Money Love Podcast. If you're loving the podcast, then I want to invite you to join me in the Overcoming Overspending membership. It's where we take this work deeper and apply the concepts and coaching from each week's episode into your own life. By being a member, you have exclusive access to my Overcoming Overspending process, 10 monthly live coaching calls with me, a private podcast, members-only community, monthly money topic and challenge, bonus courses, and so much more. There's nowhere else like it out there to level up your finances and life. Simply go to overcomingoverspending.com to join and you can enter in the code MLP30 at checkout to save $30 on your first month inside the membership. See you inside.